Hey everybody, this is John from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where I bring in another friend each week from the social media marketing world and we get drunk on social media. <laughs> this week, I'm absolutely thrilled to have on the show Mr. Danny Brown. Danny, welcome to the pub. Mr. John Loomer, thanks for having me at the pub and thanks for keeping my stool warm. My bar stool. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, is this a PG rated podcast? Let me just rephrase it that. It is. We, it could be PG 13. <laughs> uh, you know, I've never uh, had to check uh, whether there's any adult com- content before in my podcast, but, you know, we could always do a first there. Okay, let me rephrase that then. Thank you for keeping my bar stool warm. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled to have you on, Danny. Just because uh, you know, over my last year and a half or so, my journey. I mean, you've been uh, a big inspiration to me, and I've I've followed your stuff closely. Followed your blog, uh, DannyBrown.me, right? Yeah. And you were so the, you joined me this year on uh, the Social Media Examiner Top Ten, and but you've been on that list before, right? Um, yeah, I think I was on it on 2011. Um, it's two years ago, but uh, huge congrats to you, mate, because you've only been blogging, what, 17 months, if I remember? Yeah, it's about 17 months. Yeah, so to get that recognition, because that's, you know, obviously SME is quite a, um, an authority-driven blog, so kudos for that recognition, mate. Thank you, sir. And, I mean, really the biggest thing for me, not only because it's SME, but, you know, being on that list with people like you and and like Heidi Cohen, I mean people who I've been following pretty religiously over over the last year. So that's awesome. Um, since you are at the bar, uh, and this is a social media podcast, Danny. What you drinking, my friend? Well, I'm drinking Loch Du, which is um, I, I thought I'd spoil myself for this today because it's a very expensive uh, Scotch whiskey. It's a uh, four hundred. Sorry, it's a, in. Translation terms, it's about 700 bucks a bottle. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But it's a, a really unique uh, black whiskey because they, they actually, um, when they're uh, making the whiskey, I can't remember the proper name for it when you sort of ferment it or whatever, but they, they sort of stick it in a peat cask for the first half of its life. So it gives it a really dark black smoky flavor. Um, very nice. The, the trick is to... Take a small shot size and coat your throat first, and mm. then savor the whiskey afterward. As see, this this is this is why this is one of my favorite parts of this show is just find out what people are drinking. It's uh, it's it's always unique and interesting. I've got I've had just a wide range of of drinks. You know, water, diet coke. Coke Zero, a combination of Coke Zero and champagne. It was like two two separate things but there was the same person um <laughs> there was a, uh do you, do you know who uh mike megsudi is of post rocket yeah, yeah 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 so so he the entire post rocket team lives in the same house so they're basically a bunch of college-aged kids like i think they they're all dropouts and um <laughs> they're like 21 22 years old and he just pulled whatever is in the, in the fridge i don't remember what he had uh but uh, they've all been very uh it's, it's all been really interesting so that that I'm I'm not much of a hard liquor drinker, so that that's an education for me. I'm I'm for the second week in a row I'm drinking a Smithix. Are you familiar with that? 
I am indeed very smooth beer. I like it. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm a, I'm a Guinness fan, so this is kind of like drinking a, a lighter Guinness and for twelve thirty in the afternoon it's probably not the best. <laughs> so yeah, let's I'm gonna talk a little bit, you know, about what you're doing. Just because you're kind of you're setting you know, creating the blazing the path for the rest of us to follow in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've I've watched really closely, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing on your blog. Um, and I've seen a lot of just so the way you've transformed that just over the last couple of years. I mean, you've had a couple of redesigns yourself, right? Yeah, I probably a couple of redesigns in the space of about three months or something as well, which is crazy. Yeah. I, I just get really restless, though. Yeah. So what, what's what's the thought there? What, what, what was the inspiration behind the, the latest redesign? So there was a couple of um, couple of thought processes behind that. I, I read a blog post by Jenny Dietrich um, a while back now. I don't I don't even recall how long ago it was, um, but she had a really interesting uh, post about branding of a blog. Mm-hmm. And and Marcus Sheridan, who you had on, was it last week or the week before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two weeks uh, ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he picked up on this and. You know what? It may even be Marcus's blog. It's definitely on the Marcus Ogini, and both of them sort of went back and forth on the topic. Hmm. But essentially, the question was: Should you have a picture of yourself, whether it's a headshot, a body shot, or whatever, as the header of your blog, or should it be based around the the blog title, whether that's your name or for Ginny, for example, spin sucks, and for Marcus, it's a sales wagon. And I was kind of fascinated by the whole topic and. I, for the longest time, I had my sort of shoulder, typical sort of stock shoulder and head right. and shoulder shot in the logo. And you know what? It's I, I, I took a real, I got bored. I, I mm. almost gave up blogging about um, 18 months ago because mm. I just got so bored with, and bored is probably the wrong, the wrong word. I got um, frustrated at seeing so much of the same content getting recycled and, you know, re-spouted out. Um, and I thought... I, I don't know if I want to be part of this anymore because the sort of the whole passion had gone because I'm, mm. you know, that it just wasn't there. So I, I took a, a sit back. I really asked myself what I wanted to do with the blog, what what my goals were, why why I started it, and where I wanted to take it. And and part of that sort of step back made me realize that, you know, I really want to focus on a certain approach for the blog, and to do that, I want to take it away from being about. Um, myself, if you like, and and more about the conversations that happen on the blog, mm. from the first blog post to the content, uh, sort of the, the comments afterwards, and maybe discussions online, say on Google Plus, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. Um, so that was where the the taking it away from the the head and shoulder shot in the logo, just to just the name came from, and then the last design was purely uh, because I wanted to really go responsive. Um, yeah. More than a third of my audience comes in on smartphones. Wow. And previous designs, they were mobile-friendly, but they weren't really optimized and certainly not responsive to mobile visitors. So that was a core part of that decision. Is, is this a, a WordPress theme? What are you using? Yeah, I use the same guys as, as you. I use the Genesis yes, I framework okay. of Studio Press. Um, one of their child themes, I just totally tinkered a tiny little bit. Yeah, so I mean that's something I've been battling with myself. So I've I've already been through three designs. The first one, the first one was awful. Like I, you know, it's one of those mistakes you make getting started. I used some free free theme. Second one, I didn't investigate it well enough, and it was okay. But yeah, I've been using Genesis since uh, I think April of last year, and I'm and I'm happy with it. The only problem was I picked a theme that wasn't mobile responsive, a, a child theme that wasn't mobile responsive, and. 
I've been going back and forth on what the heck I'm going to do. Like, I, I know I need to change that. I, I don't. It's not a third of my traffic like you have, but it's something like fifteen percent, I think. Yeah. It's mobile, and um, I don't know. We should we should talk about that offline if you have any ideas, because I, I, I I'm I'm not real thrilled with some of the options I've seen for the Genesis framework and mobile responsive ones. I love yours, by the way. Is that is that a is that from the community? Uh, no, that's the. Um, if I recall, um, I think that's the. I I, can't, I I don't think it is a community one. I think it's a standard one. It's the uh, yeah, it's the twenty the eleven forty one. Oh, sorry. okay, yeah, yeah. See, I, I was looking for the, the problem is I, I've I've become too attached with to some of the things I'm doing on my blog now. So I'm like trying to figure out oh, how am I going to do it with uh, a, a different child theme. Like my homepage, and and like I, you talk about Marcus. Marcus inspired a lot of things I'm doing in the design of my site now. Like my homepage, you look at my homepage, you look at Marcus's homepage, and there's a lot of similar similarities there. But it works because obviously it's driving conversions and yeah. signups. So. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, you've got to like you say, you got to be careful when you tinker. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm ready to tinker again. I'm getting that itch. I'm just trying to figure out what the heck I'm gonna do because I don't want, I don't like making changes every three months. Yeah. You should, um, I know, like obviously, like you say, I, I completely get where you're coming from on the some of the responsive designs over at Studio Press aren't quite up to where you know some of the other ones are. Yeah, I'll, I've seen a couple of the ones that are coming out fairly soon that look pretty smooth. But um, ThemeForest.net, uh, they've got some great responsive designs over there. Yeah, that's that's where my original my second theme was from was a Theme Forest theme. Yeah, I actually had some uh, security issues with it. Mm. But um, now I've been really happy though with with uh, Genesis. That's why I don't want to move from it. Yeah, um, I just want to find the best one. But so so, kind of take me back then. You're, you so you're having some doubts, uh, you know, about your blog a while back. I mean, how is it then? How is it that you're using your blog now, and has that changed in terms of how you're using it for your business? Yeah, so I think going back. Um when I first started, I always sort of I take a sort of trip down memory lane now and again, and and just see what I was doing, say two, three, four years ago, compared mm. to where it is now. And I think you have to do that as a as anything, not just a blogger, but as a business person or you know a, a donor to a charity or whatever. Um, you need to know that you're just, you're still growing, if you like, and moving the right way and then doing the right things for what you're trying to do. Um, but I I sort of I, I took the a look and and I was kind of thinking. A lot of my early stuff was what I call um, lazy blogging, mm. and it's not fact. I, I say lazy blogging when I when I talk about that. I talk about the top ten lists and the top fifteen lists and fifty great ways to do this, etc. I know the amount of work that goes into these lists, um, you know, to create them and to curate some of the content. So calling it lazy blogging probably does it a disservice. Right. I see it more as like lazy blogging because it's a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time. Much of it is driven by eyeball. You know, I want to get a bunch of traffic, so I'm going to put out. Um, and I've done it myself. I'm guilty. Sure. Uh, um, you know, a, a top ten list X, Y, and Z. Um, the intention might have been genuine, but it, it they are pretty much set up. You know, you know you're going to get a bunch of traffic, which is great. The problem is you get sucked into that because you start to see, wow, I got a big bounce, um, as in a good bounce in click throughs and you know uh, visits, etc. Problem is, I never really got a lot of reaction after that. Mm. Uh, I didn't get subscribers, didn't get a lot of comments because it is a kind of fluffy piece. And I wanted to move away from that. I wanted to. I was looking at the stuff um, 
like Ginny, for example, I was looking at stuff that Mitch Joe was doing. I was looking at stuff that Adam Singer's doing over at the Future Buzz. Um, and I liked the approach they were taking where they were really taking the the approach of digging deep into a particular topic and expanding on that as opposed mm-hmm. to just, you know, offering something that's easily digestible out and then moving on to the next one. So that was where I sort of, um, like I said, I think it was about 18 months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. I took the 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 change to what I'm doing now where I only post twice, well, I say twice a week, I just introduced a new feature on Sundays, uh, but primarily I only post twice a week on a Tuesday and a Thursday and I'm trying to make them longer posts, which was interesting because I saw your comment over <laughs> at my, you know, longer posts, short posts, etc. Or was right. it Jeff Linson's post? Um, uh, and, I, it, it, and it was regarding because um, Marcus and I talked about it on, on the podcast, and we may have carried that over to his blog as well. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that a blog post is finished when it's finished. Um, yeah. it, 200 words, maybe 2,000 words. Um, if it's 2,000, you better do, do a damn good job of formatting that, that sucker. <laughs> but, um, but still, if, if the post is finished, it's done when it's done. Yeah. And so I want to get into more thoughtful posts as opposed to the easier list ones, if you like. So when you were doing, uh, at your peak, when I say peak, uh, I guess peak production, What's it? You're, you're doing it twice a week now. How often were you doing it at at the peak production point? Yeah, I was probably posting, with the exception of a Sunday, I was posting every day of the week. Yeah. And so some, I posted twice on the same day, and that that just led to a burnout, John. Yeah, and I was, oh, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting close to that. And that's one reason why. I mean, I say I slow. I've slowed down this year. I, I've still published five days a week, but. Um, my five days a week is much different than last year's five days a week because of features like this podcast and like my video blog and I also have a guest post that goes up every Wednesday. So yeah, that, that burnout is, is a problem. Um, so now you're doing it twice a week. Are you seeing much difference in terms of traffic, good or bad? Yeah. The traffic's actually risen. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very big believer in, you know, measuring what you're doing, whether that's a blog uh, whether that's a, 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 even just like something as simple as uh, putting up a Facebook picture versus a, face, a Facebook update and seeing what traction you get on either one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, the the visitors have gone up, the the uniques have gone up as well, and subscribers uh, because people aren't getting bombarded now um, with you know willy nilly posts. Uh, subscribers have gone up really nice. Um, hmm. It's definitely had a, a stronger impact because I now allow people the room to breathe in between. Yeah. Com- you know, and read other great stuff. Um, and sorry, let me rephrase that. Read other stuff on the web. It's great. I don't want to come across as some douches that thinks his stuff's great all the time. Right. I apologize for that. No, no. Don't. Yeah, and I actually wonder the same thing about my own content, right? So I've got people who scri- subscribe to get an alert every day when I've written my, a new blog post. Well, that ends up being five days a week. And <clears throat> as a result, I think uh, the subscribe unsubscribe rate is probably little bit higher than it would be otherwise it could be a nice filtering mechanism as well i guess but um yeah i wonder i often wonder what would happen if i limited to two or three times a week i mean that that might be a 2014 goal i guess (laughs) well who's who's your um who's your subscription service with a weber yeah so do they allow the function for say a weekly digest or something um yeah i mean they're 
there there are various ways you can subscribe with me too. Like I have the the daily, and I I have like a a newsletter where basically I, I'm gonna. It's pretty much the same thing, right? I, I send you the same message, except I only do it twice a week as opposed to five days a week. So, like, when I send out a newsletter, it's, just, it's basically just, like, you know, kind of a background on, on what the latest thing is I'm thinking about or I'm writing about. And, um, and the only difference between the two lists is, is frequency when it comes down to it. Like, I've, I've, gone, I've done the pretty much RSS Digest before, Um and maybe I could be an option, I guess, that I could give people. What I've found is my open rate and click rate is just a lot higher when I do something that's custom, you know, from me with, with each with each email. So that's why I've been sticking to that at least. That's an interesting thing as well. I mean, I use Feedbullets. Um, I changed over from Feedburner to Feedbullets uh, last mm-hmm. year. Um, and one of the things they do, which I, I thought was pretty cool, was they allow subscribers to choose how they get notifications. So like you say, mm-hmm. you can get your daily updates, you can get a weekly digest, but they allow you to uh, subscribe via social as well. So if you want to be tweeted when you've got a new post, you can sign up via Twitter. If you want to get a Facebook update, you can sign up via Facebook, um, et cetera, et cetera, which I thought was kind of cool. It allows the, the reader to really tailor the content and that way, you know, hopefully, <laughs> it, it doesn't, you know, it won't impact your subscription because you're allowing the reader now to choose when they get or how they get the update. Yeah. But when they're when they subscribe via, see, I, I've I've heard about Feedblitz, and I know a lot of people are, are making the move, especially from Feedburner to Feedblitz, but they're not necessarily then on your email list, right? Yeah, yeah, it's an actual, it's a full-on email subscription service as well. So you've oh. got an email list building. Um, it's it's pretty cool. It's like I I looked at Aweber and I, I love Aweber. I, I I think for me at the time it was it was more than I needed because I'm I'm certainly different. I with yourself, Marcus. Um, obviously, you've got very strong goals as to what you're doing with the blog, right. uh, whereas mine's just really sort of an idea place where I, I don't really use it, I guess, from a, a services angle. If it was a company blog, I think it would be different. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, the thing is with subscribers, I always think it's funny, though. Um, I, I, I kind of enjoy that people unsubscribe because mm-hmm. I feel that they're, they'd be better suited elsewhere anyway. Sure. You know? If there's a reason people unsubscribe, it could be too much content. Content's no longer relevant. Um, maybe your 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 blogging tones changed, or your your message, or your approach, or whatever. So it's it's good that they can go elsewhere and really get benefit elsewhere, as opposed to you clogging up their inbox and then you, you're being resented by that person because yeah. you're sending crap out that they don't want anymore. Yeah. So it's, I, I think it's good to lose subscribers um, that that would be a better fit elsewhere. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think I see it the same way with with uh, Facebook Facebook likes. I mean, it's almost more important, I think, on Facebook to get those people to unlike your page. I almost want to ask people, <laughs> please unlike my page if you don't want to see my stuff anymore because because of edge rank, right? And- yeah, exactly. You could put like a, a little graphic up. Um, I did a blog post a couple of years back why you wouldn't like the blog, and it was a tongue in cheek post. It was essentially uh-huh. this is the stuff I do. So if you don't like this stuff. It's no good coming here, essentially. So you should put a little picture up on your Facebook page that says, okay, this is the stuff I'm going to talk about on Facebook. If you don't like this, bye-bye. You know, unlike me now and just sort of force the hand a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because the percentage, and we're not all real clear about Facebook's secret sauce and what they're showing to everybody and why, but um, the, the, the thought is that, the theory is that um, 
the percentage of engagement is important. So if you've got a, a load of uninterested, disengaged people who aren't going to comment on your stuff, um, Facebook takes that into account in determining whether people who actually might engage see your stuff. So that's actually a, a strategy that, I don't know, maybe I'll consider something like that. It's interesting. Do you remember um, a few weeks back, or maybe a couple of months back, um, when Oracle Social merged? Um, I think it was. Uh, did they buy Wildfire? Um, essentially, Oracle bought Involver. Sorry, they bought Involver and okay. someone else. It was, but what they did, they merged all the uh, the pages of these previous companies that they bought onto a page called Oracle Social, and they got a huge backlash from. And I was one of yeah. the the people um, asking suddenly liked Oracle Social when I'd never liked them before or whatever. Right. Now, anyway, if you go to their page, because their page got about one and a half million likes in the space of 72 hours, which was kind of crazy. Right. Um, but now you go back to the page, and it ties back to your point perfectly, mate, is you look at their page, and it's just over one million. So a lot of people have dropped off. Mm. But you only see about two or 3,000 people talking about the actual page. So that, 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 for me, doesn't really show a great amount of interaction and interest mm-hmm. in what Oracle Social is doing, rightly or wrongly, because of the amount of people talk about it versus the amount of fans that they have. Yeah. No, I remember you talking about that. And, and uh, there were a lot of people who were upset about, about that move, that change. And uh, it was, the whole thing was suspicious and strange because they weren't, they weren't particularly clear about what happened and, and why you're suddenly getting this new content and you're... Your news, your your uh, newsfeed, and uh, so that was also a lesson, just in general, like a PR lesson, like how you handle a situation like that. So, did are you? How active are you on Facebook? Um, I'm probably, I, I guess, from the social platforms, Twitter's. Um, I don't know. Twitter and Facebook's kind of fifty-fifty for me yeah. for uh, usage. Um, I'm very active on Facebook personally, on my profile uh, site because. I, I just find that I, my friends are there and some of my you know, family members, and I find it an, a nice, cool place to go back and relax or whatever, kind of like what we were doing now. We're at the bar and having a, a chit-chat. So that's Facebook profile. Um, I do use Facebook pages um, fairly frequently to share my own stuff, the company stuff, as well as other stuff I find interesting that I hopefully you know, um, people that, that are nice enough to like the page would find interesting as well. Um, and then it's Google+. Plus. Get yeah. back to Google Plus now. I I sort of disappeared for a six seven months, but I'm sort of getting back into that now. Yeah. So because right right before the show, you were on a on a hangout. So how would you um, I guess prioritize you know what you're using not not just social media, but you know your blog and your email list, things you control too. I mean, how do you prioritize those items in um, the way you market your business? We we just launched um, a, a new business, uh, and three others of us have, have joined in. We're sort of in the process of still launching that, so we're we're, in, we're going to be building a lot of content around that, and that's going to be coming more to the fore, I guess. Uh, my blog is still my number one home base. Um, everything starts from there, and then it'll filter out to whatever side. So you've got you know it could be Twitter, it could be Facebook, G plus link. LinkedIn, not so much. I'm really bad for LinkedIn. I'm, I yeah. use it as a content curation area, and I'll jump into some group discussions, but I am so bad at LinkedIn. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, Facebook's really key for me. Um, 
because I, I, I just tend, for some reason, it's, it's got nice interaction there. Um, and I feel because I'm getting that interaction there, why should I try to dilute that elsewhere by, say, LinkedIn or Google Plus or, or somewhere else? But yeah, everything starts from the blog. Um, I've started using the email list a little bit more judiciously, um, but that's it's primarily for updates and just special events or whatever. Uh, we just put Sam Fiorella and I, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we've got a book coming out later this year, so we put a, a survey together um, for PR pros and marketers. So I just use the list to drive people, you know, to make people aware and ask them if they let a spare five minutes go over and fill this, this survey out. Um, I'm really bad with email lists. It took me the longest time. Derek Halpern over at Social Triggers, um, he used to give me so much stick for <laughs> how my blog was set up because I had like a, I didn't differentiate my sign up form. I didn't give a different color. I didn't put a, a call to action at the end of the post or whatever I have now. And Derek would always DM me on Twitter or he'd send me an email saying, dude, you've got to get your, your email out. <laughs> you know, I mean, he kept kept at me until eventually I did make the change and got it updated or whatever. So I'm still not great at email lists. Um, I don't use it the way I should. I, I know that. But my priors are a little bit different at the moment. It would be that that changes in six months' time. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, and first of all, I love the constructive criticism from people because that, that's helped a lot in terms of some of the changes I've made to help me take a, a second look at some of the things I've done. Um but and look, you can't be you can't be an expert at everything too. So I'm constantly whether it's your email list or like LinkedIn. I'm terrible at LinkedIn, but I don't want to be great at LinkedIn either. Like I don't have time for it. So I do it. I use it in a way that's probably I don't know. It might even be frowned upon. <laughs> like I I publish a new post and I you know I spread it to a bunch of different groups, but I don't have time to go into each group and and nurture those relationships. It's just not high on my priority list. Right. But, um, and you actually mentioned a couple of things I want to talk about. You're doing all kinds of stuff, right? You're so busy right now. You just launched a new company. Tell, tell me about that company. Yeah, so um, our company, um, it, the name was deliberately picked to make it sound like our company. Mm. Very much a partnership with the clients we work with. We're essentially an extended arm of whatever department we're going to help. Um, but Hesse Jones, who I've known for a, a few years now, uh, she comes from a very strong organizational background. She was at Yahoo as well as um, um, Ogilvy. Um, mm. So she's got a really strong uh, background there. But she was getting really frustrated with the amount of, or the lack of, I, I should say, good educational uh, options for businesses trying to understand how their business is in the digital and social and mobile and, and vice versa. Um, because there's a lot of agencies that have popped up that just want to give you social media advice and, and cool if that's what they want to do. But social is just one very small part of a, a far bigger integrated solution. Um, and we were noticing by speaking to people that had been using certain platforms or certain companies, etc., they were really confused as to where the business stood and where it should go and how to improve internally as well. Um, so that's why Hessie set the company up. She wrote a great blog post on the Our Company blog that essentially came across as a mission statement of why we were here and what we are trying to do. Um, and then she was nice enough to invite myself, Andrew Jenkins, who's another great guy in Toronto, like Hessie, very smart, uh, very uh, enterprise and 
and financial institution uh, services uh, background. And then Amy Tobin over in the US, who's a, a real smart cookie, uh, very opinionated in a good way, and she won't allow you to slack in any kind of mm-hmm. way. So it's a little team, and it's, I'm kind of excited as to some of the directions that we're taking it. Yeah, it's quite the team. I mean, it, it's one of those uh, those leaps that I've always wanted to take, and maybe it's in my future. You know, actually putting together a, a team like that, uh, kind of a dream team that you have there. So, who's your your target customer, your target client? You know, wh- what it is, what is it that they're looking to do, and how is it that you can help them? So the main, I mean, we've always said that we we love to work with mavericks, if you like, people that know. The business as we know has changed and it doesn't have to just be tied to social media. Mobile is a huge component. We were talking earlier about responsive design. Um, Mobile is such a huge component, especially this year, next year in in 2015. Um, If you're not ready for that kind of marketing, you're going to be pretty left behind. Um, But also the way like platforms and intelligent algorithms work into how you can better A, understand your customers and B, understand your internal employees because your best marketers are A, your employees, and B, your customers. And you can sort of flip that around. You can say customers first, employees second. But they're the guys that either promote or work on your products and services or actually buy and pay for your products and services. So understanding how they can really be connected to you and how you can build better relationships with them is a strong part of what we do. Um, so I guess from a business point of view, it's more the mid to larger organizations purely from the resources that are needed to implement the kind of stuff we're talking about and some of the technology partners that we're working with to make this happen, you know, for these companies. Um, so we're working, Amy's over in the US, she had a meeting yesterday with one of the, the large uh, candy manufacturers in the US that, that looks fairly um, positive to go ahead, hopefully. Uh, and we've got a couple here that will, will be announcing soon. So that's the kind of business sizes and in mindsets, because the the top level to buy into it to allow the rest of the company to you know to, to focus on it if you like. Yeah, well, that's exciting. I, I'm looking forward to hear more about that. I'll be following you closely to see how that goes, and make sure to follow the blog too. So that's our company, AR Company, um, and but you also have a, a book coming out, or is that out now, or is it just pre-order? Or is it available? Yeah, it's pre-ordered at the moment. It's actually been brought forward about three weeks, I think, from the original release date. So I think now it's around, It's the second week in May currently. It's available for, for actual purchase. But yeah, you can pre-order it at the moment. Great. So it's Influence Marketing, and you re- co-wrote that with Sam Fiorella. So what's what's the thought behind the book? Uh, I think that, you know, it's like Sam and I has been... It's kind of ironic because the book's nothing like this. Um, but Sam and I has been very vocal in our questions about social scoring and how simple metrics and a simple score can be allocated to a person generically and define how influential they are um, and you don't have anything like context is that person relevant to your audience for, I mean John you you're obviously very much known for your Facebook strategies and advice so why would a company come to you to write a, a blog post about Twitter for example right. or a blog post about Reddit um, why would they offer you to to do a promoted about Google Plus, for example. Sure. Um, so there's, there's very little relevance in a lot of the early movers in the space. Um, but there's also a, a, a big problem with influence marketing, if you like, or influence is a lot of the time it's based around getting quick fire buzz and awareness of your platform, service, or, or business. Uh, and that could be you know a blog post, tweets, 
getting certain people to to get a free sample from a social scoring site and talk about that on the profiles. That doesn't necessarily have anything to do with um, a purchase cycle or buying something down the line from that original buzz. So what we're trying to do is we've come up with a new model where we can identify who the true influencers really are and sort of scale back the way to find out the different tipping points along the way that made that person take an action. Because influence is very much about taking an action versus just, you know, retweeting something or sharing something. Without that action take, there's no real need. Because you can only survive as a business. You can't really survive on likes and retweets or whatever. Right. Dollars on the tail. Um, so our we're very much taking it along the lines of this is a business book about using influence marketing as an as a part of your bigger marketing strategy and how you can use it and connect with the right people to you know continue your business to be successful and and tie it into the lead generation and the purchase cycle. So you're also looking to create a, a product then around that that helps people find who those people are, or, or is it just a like a process that you're stepping through within the book to help them find those those influencers. Yeah, so what we've done, we're definitely not engineers by any. Yeah. I can twink, tinkle it all about WordPress. That's my limits right there. Yeah. What we've done is we've put out a framework in the, in the book, and there's going to be some online components as well that we'll delve deeper into You know, the, the book itself. So if you buy the book, you immediately get exclusive access to the online components. Um, but we've put down a framework that, that takes you through the various steps um, and some of the current platforms will do, say, step one, two, three. Some might do step four, five. Some might get you to step seven. Um, the, 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 what the goal is, is the, the framework will be there. And we've been speaking in the research for the book. We've been speaking to various platform uh, developers. And some of them are getting close to you know the, the model that Sam and I talk about. And there's a couple that we're really excited to see what they do in the latter half of the year because it very much ties into this this model and framework that we built. Um, but we're essentially giving the power back to the, the brand marketer, the business person, whoever wants to use influence marketing and say, okay, based on what your goals are, these are the components you would use, these are the platforms that you could use, this is how you can do it internally, etc. So essentially we've just built a framework and what you do with it and how you use it is dependent on your goals and needs and what technologies you're comfortable with. That's interesting. I'm looking forward to reading it. Excuse me. We're, um, it's, it's definitely been interesting uh, writing it and talking to some of the companies and finding out some of the stuff they're doing that we weren't anywhere near aware of. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of excited to share it and hopefully it will it'll be accepted. <laughs> yeah. That's great. No, certainly let me know what happens there. But uh, run out of time here, Danny. Um, first of all, thank you. I mean, it's an absolute honor to to have you on the show. Uh, again, I've been following you so closely, and um, you know, to to have someone like you, and this is the first time we've met. You know, we've we've talked a lot, you know, back and forth and Twitter and your blog and this and that. But you know, it's, it's just great having you on. So thank you, sir. No, and I sincerely appreciate. It. Like I said, it's been really cool watching you grow over the last three. The sort of 12 to 18 months I've known you, and especially, you know, to see how your blog's evolved from when you first started to SME and what you're doing now. It's been pretty cool to watch me. I always love seeing that happening. That's, that's what blogging's about and what we're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. So where, where can people find you, Danny? So the, the main place, like I say, my home base is my blog, which is dannybrown.me. 
for like Mother Earth, if you like, which was a great old Nintendo game. There you go. Uh, <laughs> a geeky side here. Uh, but yeah, DannyBrown.me is the blog. You can find me on Twitter at DannyBrown. Uh, and you can find me over at the uh, Influence Marketing book site, which is InfluenceMarketingBook.com, and then our company, which is OurCompany.com. Great. Thank you, Danny. So that's it. Thanks again to my friend Danny Brown for pulling up a stool at the Social Media Pubcast. So much fun. And make sure that you follow this man wherever you can. So whether it's on his website, which is DannyBrown.me, on Twitter, which is at Danny Brown, nice and simple. Facebook, Google+, you name it. And <clears throat> as mentioned, he has a book coming out, and it is called Influence Marketing. So pre-order that now. Um, that's it, my friends. Um, now, do not forget, the one way I can reach more and more people with this podcast is through your reviews and your ratings. So if, if you're on iTunes, I would be honored if you provide an honest review. Look, I said honored. Honest review could be this guy sucks. That's fine. But if you made it 35 minutes, you probably think it's okay. So provide a review on iTunes and uh, anywhere else where you have possibly heard this. Okay? So until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.